High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Amen. We encourage you to avail yourself to all the things that are happening and taking place here at High Praise. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful. We're, we're grateful for all of you that are a part of our High Praise family. And I'd want to uh, just uh, bring, I don't, I don't know if I, I saw it up there, but we do have a, what we have called Membership Sunday. Welcome to the family uh, Sunday that's going to be coming up in February. Is that correct? It's in, it's in February. And so if you are, are not a member of High Praise, I'm sorry, February, February 12th, and uh, we're going to be actually having a, a dinner for all of the new members on Saturday night. Uh, before, which is February the 11th, and we're going to have a very nice dinner for you that's going to be over in the Generations Building on that evening, and uh, there should be something this coming Sunday uh, actually on that. If you're not a member and you're interested in becoming a member, when we say membership, I want everybody to understand it's not about uh, just putting your name on a roll, but it's actually becoming connected in a church body, a church family. Does everybody understand that? Because we are a family. Right, they say we are a family, right? This is not just a matter of people with their, uh, again, names on a roll, but this is a true family. And uh, I believe there's a covenantal family that God brings together, local churches that God uh, calls people to become a part of, to get plugged into, to get connected. And, uh, and so uh, we encourage you, if you're not, if you haven't filled out a, a membership information form yet, please do so, and you will be uh, contacted. I don't know exactly how many. I think we have quite a few that are going to be, uh, uh, will be actually joining and becoming a part of the High Praise family uh, the, in this membership Sunday that's coming up in February. But uh, we would love to have you here because it really is important. Listen, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will do what? They will flourish. Everybody say flourish. So when you get planted in the house, then it says you flourish in the courts of the Lord. Don't you get this? This is the principle that we see in the Bible. When you get planted in the house, then you flourish outside the house, right? You get planted in the house so that you flourish in the courts, what is outside of the house of the Lord. And so it is God's plan. It is the way that he created things, the way that he designed things for all of us to be plugged in, to be connected, to be planted in a local church body. There's really a great book out there. I'd encourage you, if you don't have it, to get it and read it. It's called Planted. Uh, as a matter of fact, I wrote that a long time ago. 2005 is when I wrote that book. It's pretty major work, but I do have it back there. There's also another one. If you don't have it, I encourage you to get it called I Belong. And uh, it talks specifically about getting involved in a local church, how that there's a place for you. Listen, don't ever allow the devil to lie to you and tell you that you're not important and that you are not needed. I mean, that's a lie from the hell. That's a lie from the devil. Every person is needed, every member of the body. That's what Paul said. He said every member of the body is needed. And so understand this, every member of the body of Christ is needed. Every person that God's called to be a part of this local church, you are needed. You have an important role to play. You have an important ministry, uh, an important function within this church body. And so uh, we want to uh, see you function and flow and minister in the way that God has called you 
uh, to do so. Praise the Lord. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we started last week a series on prayer, and I'm going to share for just a little bit this evening on prayer. I'm going to share something I've actually never shared exactly in this way before. Uh, as I was studying, just the Lord began to open up some things and just reveal some things. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit that reveals truth to us? The Holy Spirit, He is our helper. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, He comes to help us. He comes to lead us. He comes to guide us. He said He will, he will lead you into all truth, and He will also show you things to come. I'm glad that we don't have to be those that live in a world and are taken by surprise about anything because the Holy Spirit will reveal to us things that are to come. He will reveal to us things that are going to happen within our lives. Uh, one morning, uh, uh, a little over a month ago, I woke up and I told Pastor Stacy, and I won't tell you the full details of it, but I woke up and I said, I really feel like the Lord spoke to me that this person is going to do this particular thing. And she said, her reply to me was, I don't think that they're going to do that. I just don't, I, I, don't, I just don't see that. I don't feel that they're going to do this. I said, well, you know, I actually, I hope I'm wrong, but I woke up this morning and there was a witness of the Spirit and I felt the Lord speak to me this just out of clear blue. How many of the Holy Spirit speak to you things that are happening that are on the horizon? And, uh, that was, and, and that was about a month ago. Ten days later, the exact thing that I told her was going to happen, happened exactly like I said that it was going to happen. And so we weren't taken by surprise. You're following what I'm saying. Why the Holy Spirit wants to show you things that, things that involve your life. He may not show you everything that's going to happen because there's a lot of things that happen in the world. So I'm not saying he's going to show you everything that's going to happen in the world, but hear this. He will show you what's going to happen in your world. In, the, in your world, in, in your environment, what you have, are called to function and operate within and what you've been given jurisdiction and authority over. God will show you things. You know God will show you things about your children? I'm already getting another message. Right? I haven't even started this. God will begin to show you things about your children that are going on. You know, I told our children when they were growing up, so you got to understand, I got two eyes in front, but I also got the Holy Spirit living inside. Right? And whenever you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, hear this, you got Vision 360. Right? Because the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He will show you what's going on in your family. He will show you what's going on in your kids. And I said, rest assured of this. If you get involved in something you're not supposed to get involved in, the Lord's going to show us. He's going to reveal it to us. You know what? And every time they even tried, there, you know, the Lord just, he always revealed. And I thank God they didn't get into, you know, a lot of stuff. But, you know, one of the things that was uh, important to us is that we leaned on and we depended upon the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we need once again the church to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Depend upon the voice of the Lord. Depend on God leading and guiding us. Amen. But anyway, I started this uh, thing last week on prayer, and uh, how many of you were here last week? You were here and were able to receive. And we were speaking specifically about deconstructing prayer because whenever Jesus began to teach on prayer, the first thing that he did was he deconstructed it. And, wh and what I mean by that, he said, listen, what you have seen your entire lives, that's not the way to do it. What you have Heard your entire life. That's the reason when Jesus came on the scene, he said, you have heard that it was said that you're not to murder. But I tell you that he who, you're not even supposed to hate your brother without a cause, right? 
He said, you've heard that you're not supposed to commit adultery, but I'm telling you that whoever looks on a woman to, uh, to lust after her has already committed adultery in his heart. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is changing the paradigm. He's changing the dynamic. He's causing them to begin to see something that they haven't seen before. He's deconstructing things so that he can build something correct within their lives. And one of the first things that Jesus, whenever the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, the first thing he did, he's, he pointed at the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders, and he said, don't do it that way. Here is the way that you're supposed to do it. But first of all, all the ideas that you've had about prayer, they think that they're going to be heard for their much speaking. They think that they're going to be heard for their repetitiveness. But I'm telling you, they're not going to be heard for that. So don't even think that you're going to get anything just because you repeat something over and over again. Jesus dealt with the whole attitude of begging. And I, again, I don't have time to teach on this again. But how many of you know prayer is not intended for us to beg God to do something that he doesn't want to do? Right? You know, the reality is what we are wanting to do is we are wanting to pull the will of God into the earth. See, understand this. If you are praying for God to do something he doesn't want to do, number one, he's not going to do it. And number two, you're not praying in line with the word of God, so there's no faith for your, uh, for your prayer to even ride on or operate on. And so it's important that we understand that there is a right way, there's a wrong way to pray. So Jesus, he, first thing he did, and again, you can... Uh, I don't know if we have that available, but if you weren't here, basically he deconstructed prayer. So Matthew, what's that? Huh? It's on the podcast. Okay. So that one's on the podcast uh, from last week, wherever that's at. So you can talk to Pastor Josh when he can give you all the information on that. I have no idea where that's at, but anyway. Matthew 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, there's a lot of people that have read the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, and they've taken that as that's, you're supposed to pray it exactly like this. As a matter of fact, I can remember playing football and before every game, everybody would kind of put their hands in the middle, and we would all pray the Lord's Prayer. Did, I don't know if anybody else ever did that. Did you do that? And you prayed the Lord's Prayer. You know, not that there was anything wrong with that, but the reality, you have to understand, Jesus was not teaching them something that you're supposed to pray this verbatim. Jesus is revealing to them the things that need to be touched in prayer and he's revealing, and I believe there's six primary things that we want to talk about very quickly. Number one is the focus of prayer. Number two is the purpose of prayer. Number three is the provision of prayer. Number four is the attitude of prayer. Number five is the submission in prayer. And number six is the victory in prayer. Praise God. And so let's start out just talk by talking about the focus of prayer. Jesus starts out, he says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there's a focus that Jesus establishes as he's teaching his disciples how to pray, and that is this, and you might want to write this down. Prayer is all about him. Prayer is all about him. Now, if we make prayer about us, we're going to miss out on what God wants to do through prayer within us and through us and around us. And so first and foremost, we must realize that prayer is all about him. 
So the first thing that comes out of our mouth is our Father. The first thing that we are to do in prayer is this, acknowledge relationship. Everybody say relationship. Because the most important thing that you need to know about prayer is this. You are not going to receive anything based upon merit. You're going to receive it because you're a part of the family. Right? Look at somebody say, I'm glad I'm a part of the family. What gives you the right to pray and what gives you the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace is one thing and one thing alone, and that is this. I am a child of the Most High God. Hallelujah. I don't have to beg. I don't have to plead. I don't have to borrow. I don't have to try to convince the Lord of anything. No, it's my Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I come as a person that is in relationship with a heavenly Father, amen? We receive from him because we are family. You know, I've shared this before, but on Sunday, uh, quite frequently, I go to my mom and dad's, and they, uh, they've always, and for anybody that knows them, they have a real ministry of hospitality. You know, sometimes we may go to rodeos. It's good to see the creamers back there. God bless you. By the way, if y'all haven't been to rodeos, y'all go to rodeos, okay? I mean, it's a great place. It's good, great seafood, great. I went there uh, yesterday, and I got a steak, and I'm telling you what, mm, it was really good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I don't know, I might go tonight after service. What time y'all open till? I don't know. But anyway, but the reality is, uh, whenever I go over to my mom and dad's, and, and daddy, will usually he'll cook steak, and he had some salmon that he cooked on Sunday, and it was just absolutely, I thought I was at bonefish. It was better than bonefish, okay? And had, had some salmon there, some fresh salmon that he cooked. And uh, anyway, I, um, whenever I get to my mom and dad's house, I don't even ring the doorbell. I don't knock on the door unless they got it locked. But usually they know I'm coming and the door is already open. He has coolers out in his garage. And anybody who's ever been over, Gil, you've been over there. How many of you been over there? Daddy's had probably about everybody in the church over at his house sometime. If he hasn't, just tell him you want to come over one day. He'll probably have you over. But the reality, he's not smiling on that one. But nonetheless. <laughs> but Daddy... He's got coolers out there, and, I, and whenever I come over, I don't even ask my daddy, can I get a Diet Mountain Dew? He knows I like, he likes Diet Mountain Dew, too. I got it honestly, okay? And so he's got Diet Mountain Dew that's, you know, there in the refrigerator, and I only think cold, all ready to drink. I just go in there, I grab one. And I take one, I open the door, I come in, I say, hey, mama, hey, daddy. Maybe not quite that loud. Sometimes I might be dragging a little bit after two services. But the reality is I go in there and I just, and you know what? They'll have salad stuff. She's got usually some salad stuff ready. You know what? There's croutons right there. And I'm sorry, please don't get grossed out about this. But I just reach in and grab me croutons with my fingers and I start eating them. I may even do the same thing with the cheese. Maybe even the bacon bits that are there. I don't ask. The point is this. I don't ask them. Why? I'm at mom and daddy's house, right? I go in and grab what I know he has already made available to me. 
And the first attitude that Jesus is addressing, he said, you've got to understand before you pray. You, you've been pray these guys have been praying the wrong way, and you've got to learn a different way. Because whenever you come into the very presence of the Lord, you've got to understand there's a relationship that's already there. You're not coming to beg. You're not coming to hoping that the Lord might answer your prayer. You come with faith. You come with confidence, knowing that anything that you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Right? So, you know what, I don't, you know, and again, I just go, if it's there, I just grab it. Praise the Lord. You know, daddy puts the steaks up there. I just grab one. I grab the salmon. Baked potato, sweet potato. I'll grab both sometimes. You. The point is this. What the Lord is doing is he's wanting them to get a new focus. You got, you got to realize this is about me. See, whenever you make prayer about him, then you realize that he already wants to give you everything. Mm -mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not about me trying to get something. It's about him wanting to give something to me. Oh, I hope you get, listen, if you don't get anything else, if you'll get that, I'm telling you to change your prayer life because I'm not praying to get something. I'm, I, what I'm doing is I'm just allowing him, oh, I'm allowing him. I am positioning myself. I am posturing myself so that he can release what he already desires. Are you following what I'm saying? So I'm not begging, not pleading. You know, oh, God. And again, I thank God again. Y'all heard me say, it's, I thank God for my Pentecostal heritage. I was raised Pentecostal. I still am Pentecostal. That's Pentecostal, okay? If you pray in tongues, you are Pentecostal, Okay. And so, yes, I am. But the reality is this. A lot of what we heard in prayer was people begging and pleading, hoping that God, if you that were raised, you know what I'm talking about. It felt like if we prayed long enough, if we pled long enough, you know what, if we got, if we wailed long enough, if we moaned and groaned long enough, that God would finally do something. It's like we're trying to convince God. Well, see, you don't have the focus that Jesus talked about here. you got to realize your family. I go over to my mom and dad's. I go, oh, Daddy, ooh, ooh, can I have a steak? No. Let's go get one, right? Prayer based upon merit never produces anything. Prayer based upon merit is what we call unanswered prayer. Jesus said this, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? Amen. We must understand that prayer is not begging or attempting to persuade the Father to do something. He desires to give us good things. James said this, every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. That means this, the Father treats all of his kids equally. So what he'll do for one, he'll do for the other. He's not going to bless one and not bless the other. There's no variableness. There's no, there's no shadow of turning. There's no partiality. Are you following this tonight? And so he says he does not change. He's not, you know, up today, down tomorrow. Hope you get him at 2 o'clock in a good mood. No, my friend, God never changes. And what he said he will do, he will do it, praise God. We're in covenant by the very blood of Jesus. If he freely gave his own son, how will he not freely give us all things? That's what the Bible says. See, we don't sneak through the back door of heaven. We boldly come before the throne of grace. That's what the writer of Hebrews said. 
Boldly, become, boldly come before the throne of grace that you might find grace and mercy in the time of need. We don't sneak in, hope he doesn't hear me so I can grab a little blessing. No, we boldly come before the throne of grace. We're on a first name basis, hallelujah. He's father and I'm son, praise God, amen. He said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I encourage you, I believe this is something that helps us get our focus right, is start prayer and worship. Acknowledge the greatness of his name. Acknowledge his names. You know, one of the things that I do many times whenever I'm praying, I don't do this necessarily every single time, but when I pray many times in devotional prayer, I'll begin to just thank him. I would say, thank you, Lord, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord, my healer. Thank you, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides for me. I thank you, Lord, you're Jehovah Sidkenu. You are the Lord, my righteousness. You are Jehovah Shama, the Lord that is present. You are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banners. Anybody getting anything out of this? You see what's happening is I'm beginning to acknowledge the power of his name. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. You are the mighty man of war, the one who fights on my behalf. You are the mighty God and nothing is too difficult for you. Amen. You see, what are you doing? You are extolling the greatness of his name. Jesus, your name is above every name. Every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. The second thing that we taught that Jesus discussed is the purpose of prayer. And so after he says, our father who, in our, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Everybody say your kingdom come. And say, your will be done. And where is it supposed to be done? On earth as it is where? And so understand this, the primary purpose of prayer. This is the primary purpose of prayer. It is to pull heaven into earth. It is to pull the will of God into the earth realm. We, again, we are not trying to convince God to do something that he doesn't already want to do. Prayer is casting up a highway. There's scriptures of, uh, concerning that over there in Isaiah. You know, in prayer, you cast up a highway. We are creating a highway in the spirit so that the, all the things that God desires to bring forth and all the things that are already in the heavenly realm so that they can begin to flow into the earth realm. How many of you know that in heaven there is no sickness? How many know in heaven there is no disease? Right? So... Your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. No sickness in heaven, no sickness on earth. Amen? See, we're praying. That's the reason we pray, you know, for the sick. You know, there's no family disunity in heaven. Right? I'm going to say that there's no divorce in heaven. And if you've been through one, understand there's no condemnation. But I tell you, if you're married right now, you need to stay with the one that you got. Oh, y'all, please don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. You need to stay with the one you got, right? It's cheaper to keep her anyway. So listen, you just need to stay with the one you got, right? Okay? Maybe you made a mistake in the past. God bless you. You know, no condemnation. But listen, if you're married right now, you stay with them. Okay? Listen, my goal in this church as, as a senior apostle is that... We, nobody and no marriage in this church is touched by the spirit of divorce. We're not going to let divorce in. We're going to shut. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, you've got somebody to fight for your marriage. 
I'm going to say that again. Hear this. You have an apostolic leader that will fight for your marriage. And that's the reason we're so strong on that. As a matter of fact, in our leadership school on Sunday night, it got really, really strong in there for a little bit. I mean, we're putting out some real strong stuff there for, for a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that we, you know, mentioned is specifically this is for all husbands and wives. Nobody should ever get closer to you than your spouse. Nobody. I don't care who it is. I said nobody. Look at somebody and say nobody. All you that are married, look at your spouse and say, you're the closest person to me. <laughs> Some of y'all doing that real, I'm not sure about that. Listen, you need to be able to do that with conviction. There's nobody that's going to get between you and me, period. We, this is it right here, right here, right here. That is it. That's it. It's over. Nobody. We're going to be so close that even an ant can't even make wedges way through. Are y'all following what I'm saying? You got to be that close to each other. And don't allow anybody. And by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay, men, don't you be flirting around with women. And definitely don't be flirting around with any other men. <laughs> right? Y'all still love me? <laughs> Ladies, don't you be flirting around with other men. Okay? You know? And obviously don't with the other also. <laughs> Listen, if you want to flirt with somebody, you flirt with your spouse. Right? Come on, baby, light my fire. Okay? Do that with your husband or wife. Okay? Don't do it with somebody else's husband and wife. Y'all love me? You know, it's amazing how many churches a pastor won't say that. They're afraid to say it. And so that's the reason, you know, many times there's so many busted up marriages and homes and families. And you know what? We're just going to say it because that's what the Bible says. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. What God's put together, it means let no man separate. It means you don't let anybody else get closer to you. Right? And so I'm not going to let anybody, don't let a co-worker get closer to you. Okay? And if you, by the way, if your spouse begins to sense something and your spouse says, hey, that person over there is getting too close to you, don't you try to argue with them. Right? No, you say, yes, dear. Does all you men know how to say yes, dear? You should know. <laughs> and all you men know how to say yes, dear? Some of you haven't learned that. I'm telling you. You need to learn how to say yes, dear. And by the way, ladies, it'll help you also, okay? And if there's, if there's a, don't try to put up a defense or anything. And if your husband sees something, see, this is not about prayer. <laughs> but husbands and wives need to be accountable to one another. We need to be accountable to one another. Let me tell you what, I give my wife my phone, my iPad, my computer any day of the week, all day long, and I don't care. You can go through anything, go through history, go through whatever you want to. It's all right there, baby, as plain as day as you want to see. And by the way, if you can't do that, then you need to get your heart right. You're trying to hide something. You're trying to do the same thing that Adam and Eve did after they sinned, and that is they're trying to go and hide and cover up things. If you're trying to hide and cover up things, then that means that there's sin knocking at your door. You need to get your heart right with God, and you need to get cleaned up. You need to get delivered. Amen. Y'all still love me? 
So you got to make sure that, you know, nobody's going to get closer. If you're new here, don't, don't leave because of what you hear tonight. <laughs> but at the same time, understand this. I don't play around. I'm not playing around. You know what? I've seen too many churches. I've seen too many marriages. I've seen too many homes. I've seen too many kids that have been destroyed, but all these kind of things. You know what? And I am determined that I am on a seek and destroy mission, and I'm going to destroy the very powers of hell that's come to destroy the family that God has established within the earth in the name of Jesus. Amen? We're not going to allow the enemy to come in and destroy the home and the family. Okay? And so, you know, we have people today that want to many times speak out against the homosexual agenda while they got all kind of sin going on in the marriage themselves. And can I tell you what? It's got to, the cleanup's got to start at your address. Right? All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're pulling heaven into earth. Hallelujah. Right? That's what prayer is. That's the purpose. We're pulling heaven into earth. Say, pull heaven into earth. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Understand this. Now, for you brought up in Pentecost, Pentecostal background like myself, just please hear me out. We're never told to pray to get out. We're told to pray heaven to come in. Right? We're not, we're not commanded to pray to get out. It's amazing how many people are wanting to get out whenever Jesus is wanting to get in. Think about it for a moment. Many times we've made the whole goal of Christianity just getting into heaven. And by the way, thank God for heaven. I want to make sure everybody understands. Yes, I believe Jesus will come again. Yes, I know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But understand this. Whenever Jesus taught his disciples to pray, even when you look in John chapter 17, Jesus said this, I pray not that you will take them out of this world, but that you will keep them through it. And then he said there, here in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 6, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray heaven into earth. Don't pray that earth gets into heaven. Pray heaven into the earth realm, amen? And so we must understand that's the purpose of prayer. We're pulling heaven into the earth realm. See, the biblical pattern Jesus established is what we know in heaven, pray for it to be established within the earth. Every area of society, every area of culture, whether it's family, career, health, finances, mental health, spirit, soul, and body, pray heaven into the earth realm. Jesus wants heaven to touch every area of your life. I want you to think about that statement. The Lord wants heaven to touch every area of your life while you walk on this earth. So everything that I'm involved in, everybody that I'm involved in, God's plan is that heaven touches me and them through the ministry that he has given me. Every promise of God, that is his will for your life. And that's the reason Jesus said to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Again, this is about him. It's about his will, not about your desire. It's about his will your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to pull heaven into the earth. The way we do that is through faith. We do it through prayer. Prayer is an avenue. We cast up a highway and we're pulling heaven into earth. The third thing is this. I may have to close with this, but provision of prayer. The next thing that Jesus said, he's teaching. Again, he, he, he's, he's giving different topics, different elements involved in prayer in order that our prayer life would be effective. 
And he said this to pray, give us this day our daily bread, which means this, if we're, if we're praying for him to give us daily bread, that means that we pray daily, give us this day our daily bread, okay? So what he's talking about here is to pray for provision. This is something that we should do. Why is he telling us to pray for provision? Even though the Lord already knows the provision that we have need of, and even though the Father already knows everything that we, uh, we might possibly have need of, Jesus still said this, ask and you will receive. God will bring provision through prayer whenever we begin to ask. Again, he didn't say ask and then I'll think about it. He said ask and you will receive. Look at somebody and say ask and you will receive. See, a lot of times people have thought, They've read it like this, ask, and then God will think about it. And if it is in his will, then he's going to give it to you. No, whenever you pray the will of God, you ask and you will receive. Amen? That is the will of God already stated. Ask and you will receive. The only time we specifically see, like over in James, he said, you ask and you receive not. And he says this, because you ask uh, upon your own lust and your own desire, not based within the will of God. But how many of you know every promise of God is the will of God? So understand this, financial provision is a part of the will of God for your life. God does not want you to starve. God wants to bless you, and he wants you to have more than enough. Can everybody say amen? God desires to heal you. That's the reason Jesus took stripes upon his back, because he wants you to be healed. And so Whenever you begin to pray, ask and you shall receive. He's talking about praying the will of God. Why? Why does the Lord want us to still ask, even though he knows what we have need of? Because he wants us to establish a dependency upon him. He doesn't want us to lean to our own ability. There's way too many people today that are leaning to their own ability. What's very interesting is what God actually told the Israelites uh, uh, as before they went into the land of Canaan, he said this. He said, let no man say, it is by my, my power or by the might of my hand that has gotten me this wealth. He says this, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. Can you see even from this passage of scripture how that God wanted his people to always have a dependency upon him? In other words, don't start tooting your horn and saying, I'm a self-made man. You know what? As a matter of fact, God actually told people, don't say that you're a self-made man. He actually told them to say, it is the Lord that gives me power to get wealth. It is the Lord who I depend upon. I'm not depending on the government. I'm not depending upon a governor or a president or anybody else as far as that goes. I'm depending upon the Lord God. I declare that regardless of what happens all around me, my God is still Jehovah Jireh, and he will provide my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. My dependency is not upon the arm of the flesh. I'm not depending upon man. And when everything else goes to pot, he's still Jehovah Jireh. And when everything else falls apart, he's still my Jehovah Rapha. And when everything uh, all around me seems like things are closing in, he is still Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner, and the mighty man of war who will fight on my behalf. Amen. You see what God wants us to do, and this is what happens in prayer is we're actually establishing dependency upon the Lord. I'm not depending upon myself because I want everybody to hear this. God can snap his fingers like that 
somebody can be knocking on your door with a million dollar check. Now, it doesn't normally happen that way. And I ain't talking about lottery either. I'm just saying God knows exactly what you need. And here is, we've been in times before where it seemed like, you know, turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. Might as well see, you know, it's all, all for loss. Everything is, you know, just everything's exploded, particularly in the first seven years of our marriage and ministry. I'm telling you, we felt like we were having to, every week, having to believe God just to be able to pay the bills. Thank God. You, listen, in the midst of that, and even in some of the darkest times, God always showed up. I was walking in the mall one day, and a gentleman came up to us that we knew previously. He didn't know anything going on within our life, didn't know we had any need whatsoever. And he, he just said, I don't know why, I just feel like the Lord wants me to do this. Pulled out $200 and gave it to us. What he didn't realize is we needed that $200 to be able to pay a bill. We've, and by the way, that's happened numerous times, particularly in our early days of ministry. Thank God, praise the Lord, we have an abundance now. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. Our dependency has always been on the Lord. It's not what I can produce. If I can just get another deal and I try to manipulate something and make something happen, my friend, sometimes that can get you in a lot of trouble. And what the Lord wants us to do in prayer is, Lord, I'm looking to you as my provision. I need customers, Lord. You send the customers. Right? Lord, I need some customers, Lord. You begin to move upon the hearts, you know. We need customers at rodeos. Lord, move on the hearts as they go down to the park. Like, I don't know why. I'm just hungry for a steak. I want some grouper. Listen, the Lord's able to do that. Whatever you do, wherever you're at, Teresa Lee, she worked, used to work at Dillard's behind the makeup counter and need customers. You know what? The Lord will be faithful to send the customers that she needs. Wherever you're at, can I tell you, here at High Praise, Lord, you know who's supposed to be a part of this church body. You know every need that we have. And can I tell you, in 26 years, not one time have I ever gotten up in the pulpit and said, if y'all don't give, we're not going to be able to pay the bills. Can I tell you, not one bill has ever went unpaid. Not one bill has even been late as far as, or as uh, because we didn't have money to pay it or anything like that. Possibly somebody overlooked something at some point in time, at one point in time, but the reality is everything has always been paid, and we have a surplus. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. It's not the might of our own hand. It's not us manipulating people. You that come here know that not one time have I ever tried to manipulate an offering whatsoever. You know what I'm trusting? I'm trusting that, number one, you'll be taught the Word and you'll obey God's Word, and number two, you'll be led by the Holy Ghost. Don't be led by me. You'll be led by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And not one time have we ever lacked for anything. Not one time. As a matter of fact, just peek your head in into our youth, some of the things that we've done in the Generations Building. You see these screens right here? We have one of those now in the Generations Building. And these, one of these brand new digital screens, plus a lot of other things that we've done. And we're about to have some, praise the Lord, we're going to have, we, Jimmy, when we get in our, our cover, you got the permit today. Hallelujah. Amen. Sunday, it's going to be up. All right. 
Not really. It's <laughs> the reason you don't want to tell me, right? <laughs> It'll be up soon, praise the Lord. I hope it's quicker than Jesus soon. And so, uh, but anyway, but it'll be up soon. We're going to have the covered, uh, uh, well, whatever it's called, awning. And so whenever it rains, you can get out and not get soaked and actually be able to walk in and not get soaked. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. We're thankful for that. There's a lot of things that we have going on. And you know what? And God has blessed us, and we have a surplus. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We have more than enough. Amen. Look at somebody say, he's my Jehovah Jireh. You see, that's what he was saying. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I know that you're going to provide for me today, and you'll provide for me tomorrow, and you'll provide for me the next day. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. You see, what's happening whenever we begin to pray is we are getting the correct focus. We're getting the right understanding of provision. We're getting the right understanding of the purpose of prayer. Amen. You received anything out of this tonight? I didn't get to finish. I'll finish next time I get to teach it. Y'all stand to your feet tonight. Stand to your feet tonight. Listen, I really believe that, again, these are some things that the Lord's wanting to do within us. When he's teaching us on prayer, he's not giving us some type of quotation that we're to quote our Father in heaven, you know, like a robot, like a parrot. No. He has given us understandings. There are understandings. The first thing he does, he says, I want, you to, I want you to have the right focus. These bozos that you've been watching pray, they don't know what they're doing. They're doing it the wrong way. And what I want you to understand is that you've got a relationship. So whenever I pray, I'm not depending upon merit. I'm not depending on anything other than the fact that I'm a child of God and my Father loves me. And he wants to give good things to me. Can you look at somebody and say, he wants to give good things to you? Come on, tell somebody Jesus wants to give good things to you. Tell them Jesus wants to give good things to you. The Lord wants to give good things to you. So I'm not leaning to my, the arm of my flesh if I deserve this. I tell you what, anytime you begin to pray and you begin to thought even comes to you, Lord, I should have this because I deserve it. I've done this and this. You're leaning to your own merit. You got to get that out of your thinking real quick. Because anything you get is not based upon merit. I don't care how much you preach, how much you prophesy, how much you give or anything. It's not based upon your merit. It's based upon your relationship. And you're a son of the Most High God. How many glad to be a child of the Most High God? Are you glad to be a child of the Most High God? Can you just give the Lord a wave offering tonight? Come on, just give him a wave offering. Lord, we just thank you that we are your children. We thank you, Lord, that we can come boldly. Lord, we have a relationship with you. Lord, we don't sneak in the back door. We come boldly before the throne of grace. We say, our Father who art in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, you are our Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Jehovah Nisi, Lord. You are Jehovah Sidkenu. Lord, you are Jehovah that is with us. You are the Almighty God. You are a Shaddai. You are the mighty man of war, the roaring lion of Judah. We thank you, Lord God, that you will do everything that you promise and everything that you declare. So right now, in the name of Jesus, just say this with me. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that my focus is directed on you. My focus is not directed 
on me or my need. My focus is directed on you. I am a child of the Most High God. I am in covenant with you. And you delight to give me the kingdom, to supply my need. I thank you, Lord, that as I pray, that as I ask, that I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give the Lord a praise tonight? Give him a shout tonight. Come on, give him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Did you receive something from this tonight? I know I went on a couple of rabbit trails. That was free, okay? No charge for that. I went on a couple of rabbit trails, but you know, listen, I want you to grab a hold of this. Your prayer's not strong based upon how long you pray. It's not based upon how loud you pray. Nothing wrong with praying loud. I pray loud. I pray fiery. That's just, you know, the way it comes out of me. But you know what? Your prayer can be just as effective not praying exactly in that manner. You just pray the way the Lord causes you to pray. But you got to but, but begin to grab hold of these principles of prayer that Jesus taught. And I'll tell you, you'll see results. You'll see effective prayer. You'll see prayers answered. You'll see things happen within your life because God's faithful to do what he promised he'll do. Do you believe that? Amen. Before we dismiss, I want to say this to all you parents of young people from kids that, and our, our youth. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to get your kids out here on Wednesday night. I know it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an extra step to get them here, but thank you. Because you know what? We can only do so much as leaders in the church. The youth pastor can only do so much, and the kids pastor can only do so much. You know, they're limited. They only have a little bit of time. But you know what? By you bringing them here, it allows us to do more. We're able to impart into them, able to, you know, see the Lord do things within their life. And so thank you so much for bringing your kids and being a part. Also, I said this on Sunday. I want us to believe God together for us to see impact into Rutherford High School. Uh, the youth, we had 100 youth here last week. Only two of them were from Rutherford High School. You know what? We need to have some kind of impact there, and we need to see Rutherford kids. The vast majority of them aren't even going to church. We found, this was, I forgot who it was, Willie uh, 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 Spears. So it's only about 1% of the students at Rutherford even go to church. You know what? We got a big mission field here. Can y'all believe with me that we're going to see a revival in Rutherford High School and God bring those young people into the kingdom of God? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.